Welcome to Grace. Happy New Year. We are glad you guys are here. Hope you guys had a great uh, Christmas and Christmas week. Uh, Tracy and I, we really enjoyed this Christmas above most just because we have another grandchild as a result of uh, our grandson being born. Grandchildren are awesome. We're so grateful. And I was just thinking about it, kids, whether you're a parent or grandparent, just it's really neat to be around children as they're growing up because they ask so many great questions. In fact, there was this uh, one guy, he was talking to his granddaughter, and he bought her this book because she was being potty trained, so he bought her a book. The title of the book literally is Everyone Poops. So it's a book on potty training. And so the granddaughter asked him, asked uh, her grandfather a question. Well, do trees poop? And he thought for a second, then he said, well, yes, honey. Where do you think we get number two pencils from? (laughs) Now that you're awake, okay. Well, there's some things that are obvious in life and some things not so obvious. I want to talk this morning about four things that if you have them in your life, will cause you to have a happier and more blessed new year. Four things that aren't quite so obvious to a lot of people, even to a lot of Christians, but the Bible is very clear about them. That if we have these four things in our lives, we will be more blessed and be a greater blessing, individually and corporately. And also, as a church, if we want to make a greater impact in the world, then we need these four things in the life of our church. So I want to walk you through those. As I walk you through them, I want you to think about, not have I heard some of this before, because some of this might be a review for some of you, but am I doing these things? Are these things, am I making sure these things are in my life? So let's walk through these four things that will cause us to be more blessed and be a greater blessing in 2023. Number one, the first one is the presence of God. The presence of God. Of God. Now, God is present everywhere. He's omnipresent. This is true. But he doesn't manifest his presence the same everywhere. Some of us can, talk, can think about times we've walked into a room where they're really intensely worshiping and praying, and you felt the manifest presence of God. You felt his presence. Or you've been around somebody who really walks close with God, and you were impacted by being close to them and talking with them. The presence of God was evident in their life. So my question is, what brings about, what choices do we make that bring about the manifest presence of God in our life? And I want to go ahead and let you look at a couple verses with me, and we'll see what the Bible says about that. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 13 says, God is speaking through the prophet. God says, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. All your heart. So no distractions, nothing else on your mind. Total focused attention and affection and allegiance on him. Seek him and find him when you seek him with all your heart. There is no promise in the Bible that if you seek God half-heartedly, you'll ever find him. And so when we actually make it our goal to take times 
the scheduled times, the planned times, we're not going to be distracted and we're going to seek him with all of our heart and we'll find him. As we draw near to him and find him, then we experience his nearness, his manifest presence and all that goes with that. Let's look at another verse. James chapter 4, verse 8 says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Very simple. As we draw near to him, and seek him, seek his face, seek his nearness, commune with him, love and adore him, listen to him, have an intimate relationship with him, walking and talking with him. As we do this, as we draw near to God, he promises to reciprocate. He promises to draw near to us. And if we draw nearer to him, he'll draw nearer to us. If we draw nearer, nearer, nearer to him, he'll draw nearer, nearer, nearer to us. That's his promise to us. So if we are going to be those who experience his nearness relationally, then we got to be those who make sure we have time to seek him with all of our heart. We have times that we draw near to him, times we're not thinking about a zillion other things or doing a lot of other things, but we're just focused on one thing, him. Also corporately, Psalm 22, verse 3, this is the King James translation, which I really like of this verse. It says, God inhabits the praises of his people. So God, when his people are seeking him with all their heart, God loves to inhabit that. He loves to manifest his presence there at that time. So I can't emphasize enough how important it is that in 2023 that we are true worshipers who seek him with all of our heart, individually and corporately. Now, let me tell you what's writing on this. Whether or not you decide you're going to be one who seeks God with all your heart or not, one who decides you're going to be a true worshiper in 2023, let me tell you what's writing on it. First thing that's writing on it is whether or not you will be transformed or changed or grow. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Listen to what this verse says. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So our, our focus on his face or focus on him, as we behold, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, what happens? We're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, from one degree of glory to another, we're becoming more like the one that we're seeking, more like the one we're focused on, just as from the Lord is the Spirit. This is a powerful important verse because so many Christians live year after year after year in no transformation, no growth. And they wonder why. If we will seek him with all of our heart, we will be changed to become more and more like him as we do that. We have to do it. We have to give ourselves fully to that individually and corporately. So if you want to be changed, you want to grow in 2023 or you want to be the same as 2022 or 2021, if you want to grow in 2023, then you've got to be a worshiper who plans times, carves out times to be totally focused on Jesus, focused on the Lord, focused on communion with him, worshiping him, listening to him, leaning into him. And so you, had, we, you need to make sure that happens that we got to schedule it. So my question to you is, when are you going to do that? If that's so important, <clears throat> that your transformation's writing on it, then when are you going to do that? When am I going to do that? We need to schedule it. <clears throat> we need to plan it. We need to do it. All right, let me tell you what else is writing on this. Whether or not you will be fulfilled and satisfied in 2023. 
Here's what it says in Psalm 16, verse 11. It says, in your, talking about the Lord, in your presence is fullness of joy. And in your right hand, there are pleasures forever. So all of us want to have, who doesn't want joy in 2023? Everybody does. Well, fullness of joy is, is in his presence, drawing near to him, seeking him with all your heart. But you've got to have times to do that. You've got to make times to do that. What else is riding on it? Another thing is riding on it is whether or not you will be empowered to bear fruit, whether or not you will have an effective ministry is riding on whether or not you will spend these times with God, focused times with God. John 15, 5, here's what Jesus says. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him. Now get the idea of a vine and branches. There's a connection. It's a living connection between the branches and the vine. And that connection, that communion is key, he says, because apart from me, you can do nothing. But if I'm connected with him, I'm abiding in him, I'm walking with him, communing with him, then I bear much fruit. I tell you, I, sp I speak to a lot of missionaries and, and pastors in other countries, and, and I find out in conversations, because I meet one-on-one -on -one with a lot of them, that they're not spending these times. They're pastoring churches, they're doing missionaries, trying to reach, you know, whole people groups, and they're not having these times, and they wonder why they're not bearing more fruit. Well, Jesus tells us, apart from me, you can do nothing. You must abide. There must be an abiding communion connection with Jesus if I want to bear fruit, if I want to have a ministry that's effective. That's what's riding on this. What else is riding on it? All right, what else is riding on whether or not we're going to be worshipers in 2023 is, if, is our motivation, whether we're going to be motivated or apathetic. Proverbs 29, verse 18 says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Why are so many people unmotivated? Why are so many people apathetic? Why are so many people undisciplined, unrestrained? Why? Because they have no vision. Where does vision come from? Vision comes from times with God. We get revelation from him. We are inspired, motivated to do what he's calling us to do. So having times where we do this, having times where we connect through worship is crucial to whether or not we're going to have an impact on other people. So we've got to make time to do this. And I, just, I encourage you, most of you work a day shift, some of you work like a night shift or a different kind of shift, but make it a habit in 2023 of spending at least 20 minutes a day with God. Before you take off to school or work or whatever it is you're doing, say, I'm going to take 20 minutes. Now, you're going to find out, a lot of you, that 20 minutes isn't enough, but start with 20 minutes. If you don't, if you don't really regularly do this, some of you already do an hour already, that's great. But most of you probably don't. So 20 minutes a day where I'm going to connect with God, I'm going to seek him with all of my heart. I am going to get there. And I'm going to listen to him. And, and I'm going to experience his joy. And I'm going to experience motivation and direction and guidance, all these kinds of things. But also as a congregation, it's important that I not only, have, I not only schedule individual time with the Lord, but I make Meeting, meetings with other believers like this on Sunday mornings, a priority. That I make meeting with my life group a priority. Why? Why is that so important? Let's read this verse. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 says, You also as living stones, that's what we are, living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood, 
to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. When the people of God come together, they don't meet in the house of God. They become the house of God. Let me explain that. This building is not the house of God. This, is a, this building is a building. But when we come together as living stones, we build a house for God that he then fills every time we gather. And when he fills it with his manifest presence, he also is going to be releasing his power. And all kinds of things will happen in those meetings. If we come together on a regular basis, seeking him, all of us, seeking him with all of our heart, he fills that house. We make a house, he fills. Now, I just want to urge you guys, make 2023 a year. This. I'm committed to meeting together in the body, with the body of Christ. I'm not going to make it something optional in my mind if I feel like it, you know. But I'm going to say, you know what, this is important. That I come and I'm, I, I help build this house that God fills, and I experience the blessing that comes with that. So I urge you to, to make 2023 a year where you prioritize individual worship and corporate worship. Seek them with all your heart. Draw near to him, he draws near to you. Experience all the blessings that come with that. Okay, so the presence of God is key. It's one of the key things I need to have in my life if I want to have a blessed new year. The second thing is the power of God. The power of God. God has ordained that he releases his kingdom on the earth primarily through the prayers of the saints. Did you know that? That God has ordained that, the, that, he, that he releases his kingdom on the earth primarily, not only, but primarily through the prayers of the saints, you and me, and others who believe in Christ. Let's read this passage. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 6 says, But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. Verse 6, look at this. And raised us up with him. And seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He didn't say this is going to happen. He says it's already happened for, for believers. We already, right now, are seated with Christ. What is, it, what is Christ sitting on? He's sitting on a throne. What do you do from a throne? You rule. So how is it right now that we are ruling with Christ? The primary way that we are ruling with Christ right now is through our prayers. Actually, right now, we are in an internship learning how to rule. We're going to rule in the millennial kingdom for a thousand years with Christ. We're going to rule forever and ever in the new heavens and new earth. So right now, we're trying to, he's trying to teach us how to rule. How? By seating us with him and then us praying in to things that happen on the earth right now. I really am convinced that there's going to come a time when we, when we finally see him and we know as we're known, that we're going to realize that almost everything that happened on the earth that God wanted to have happen was prayed into being through the saints. I mean, you are a history maker in your prayer life. So own it. Own that prayer life. Own that you are a history maker in 2023. And I mean really pray. You know, I mean really pray, not just think, you know, not just worry out loud to God. I mean pray. Pray the verses of the word of God. Pray the promises of God and believe the promises of God and expect God to respond to his promises and to keep his word and become those who are seated with Christ that are history makers in 2023. Now, 
two of the biggest reasons why most people don't pray, number one is unbelief. That's the number one reason why most people don't pray. It's unbelief. They don't really believe that they're doing anything when they're praying. That doesn't matter. That's ineffective. The second reason why most people don't pray very much is simply because they don't schedule it. It's a very unusual person who prays very much without scheduling it. And so I urge you guys to have a prayer life at home and to have and come to our Jihad, Grace House of Prayer, in our life center up there in that northwest corner. Come and be part of, you know, praying for all, with all those prayer needs and the prayer aids and prayer groups. And there's all kinds of times you can come and pray in our house of prayer. You know, when we first started our, our house of prayer many years ago, we had 500 adults committed to praying one hour a week in the house of prayer, 500. And I'm telling you, we had, we had baptism services of 88 people and 72 people and 56 people. We had people being healed of cancer, bringing their x-rays up and showing me their x-rays before and after. We prayed for them, you know, how God had healed them. We, we saw all kinds of people getting saved and delivered and all this kind of stuff. Why? Because the level of prayer is high, then the Holy Spirit power will be high. The level of prayer drops off in the church, so does Holy Spirit power drop off in the church. I guarantee you there is a correlation. And so we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Own it. Don't think, well, you got, you know, you got the intercessors over in the corner, the prayer warriors or whatever you call them. No, we all own it. We own it. And, we, and, and as we are you know, really committed to, to taking our place as history makers, praying in 2023, we're going to see more and more of the power of God. So, when are you going to do it? Schedule it. So the presence of God, when am I going to seek his face on a daily basis? And I'm going to make, you know, not, not optional that I'm in gatherings like this. And, and so I schedule it for the presence of God in my life. Power of God, I schedule my prayer life so I will see the power of God and see more Holy Spirit power. All right, a third thing that we need to have in our lives if we want to have a blessed new year is the love of God. The love of God. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 13 too. It says, and if you have all spiritual gifts, if you have all kinds of sacrifice, give your body to be burned, you have faith to move mountains, you have all that, and don't have love, he says, then you're nothing. It profits you nothing without love. No matter what you do, if you don't have love, it profits nothing. So we can't have an impact individually and corporately without love. And I believe that, I really, I'm convinced that most Christians I know want to love better than we do. We want to love better than we do, so why? What's holding us back from loving better than we do? I'll tell you what's holding back most Christians. It's simply overload. Overload. We live in a culture of overload. In our culture, it is more and more, faster and faster. And here's the problem. The problem is that love requires time, but you don't have time. You're too busy. Love requires energy, but I don't have energy. I'm too tired. Love requires, you know, focused attention, but I can't focus because I'm so distracted. See, so we're living in this culture of overload where we want to love better than we do, but we don't have time. We don't have energy and we don't have the ability to focus. So what do we do? If I'm going to love better in 2023, I have got to overcome overload in my life. Overload sabotages love. Therefore, we must overcome 
overload if we're going to grow in love. See, in my life, here's what happens. If I get real busy, I tend to skim. I tend to skim relationally, you know, cut corners here and there. And, they, and when, you, when you start to live in skim mode, then you, you, don't, you, you cannot love people because you don't have time to focus on people. So if I want to grow in love, if you want to grow in love, I've got to overcome, overcome overload. So I want to give you some practical ways to do that for 2023. Ready? First one, practical way to overcome overload so I can love better is consciously choose not to hurry. Choose to slow down. See, some of you, like me, have this thing called, I call hurry sickness. It's, it's just, and I tell you, when I really saw it, it was for the first time vividly, it was when my kids were little and I was giving them a bath. And they're all, you know, they're all naked dancing in the bathroom. And I'm trying to dry them off. And one of them is doing twirls. And I said, come here, come here, hurry, hurry. And he said, why? And I, said, and I dropped the towel and said, I don't know. <laughs> There's absolutely no reason to hurry right now. And I'm sick. I got the hurry sickness. So some of us, if you're like me, we need to choose that we're going to slow down. We need to make it a choice. I am going to slow down. I am going to not hurry. I'm not going to live my life like that anymore. Another thing, another way we can overcome overload is reduce your schedule. Reduce your schedule. First of all, make a schedule. I'm still amazed sometimes when I meet people that have, they don't have any schedule. They know when they're supposed to go to work and they come home, but they don't have any schedule. They don't schedule anything else in their life. They don't schedule their prayer life and their worship time and fellowship time. And they don't schedule anything. And so look at your schedule. Make a schedule and look at it. And then think about what can I take out of that schedule that will enable me to slow down enough to actually notice people. Because if I can't slow down enough to notice them, I'm not going to be able to love them. So reduce your schedule. See some things that you can take out that really don't have a lot of value. So make a schedule, look at it, and reduce some things so you can slow down. A third thing that we can do to help overcome overload is limit Time with draining negative people. Now, there are people, there are some people that are always negative. And you try to help them, you try to help them, and no matter what you do, they won't be helped. But they'll keep draining you. I'm not saying don't love them, love them. I'm not saying don't give them some time, give them some time, but don't let them control your time. You control your schedule. Some of you just uh, are probably thinking right now, but what if the negative draining people you're talking about I'm related to? See, some of you just came off visiting, like, you know, people during Christmas, you know, relatives that some of them were kind of draining. Now, both my, my parents have passed on, but I remember every time we'd go to see my side of the family, I always made sure it was only two days. Two days and we got to go. Sometimes they say, why you got to go? We just got to go. Because for about two days, they could behave. But after two days, it started going down fast. And so, just, but I, so we started to control the schedule and say, well, I know for two days, we're all going to be happy. But on the third day, it's not going to be good. So on the third day, we are saying bye and hugging and kissing, and we're driving away. But see, control your schedule. Because if you don't control your schedule, there's somebody else will. And it won't always be good. Most of the time, it won't be. And as you're thinking about where you spend your time, make sure you spend time with some caring friends. Spend time with people that actually build you up. 
that when you're with them, it's, a, it's like a breath of fresh air. It's like you feel like you don't want this time to stop. It is a feeling time when you're with them, not a draining time. Make sure you have time with those kind of people. Here's the crazy thing a lot of us do is we think we're so busy that we actually cut times with those people that feed us out of our lives and wonder why we're just burning out. I mean, people that are giving input into your tank, don't cut that time. You need that time so you can have outflow. You cut that time, you're not going to have outflow. That's where burnout comes from. So spend time with, make schedule time. Make sure you have times with friends that you just enjoy being with, have fun with, encourage, energize you, enable you to be better lovers, actually. All right, another thing I think we can do, 2023, that would be very helpful for all of us, is to exercise away stress. Do you know that one study revealed that a jogging program worked as good as antidepressants in treating depression? Just exercise. So, you know, see, if, we're all, if you're stressed out, you're not going to be able to love anybody. Because, you, you know, you're going to start to get so focused on yourself anyway. Exercise helps deal with the stress so I can love better. Another thing we need to make sure we all do in 2023 is laugh more. Proverbs 17, 22 says, the Bible says that laughter is good medicine. Laughter is good medicine. You know, therapeutic benefits of laughter are well established in modern medicine. In fact, they, they figured out that laughter actually not only reduces stress, but actually they, just, they, they determined that laughter helps people heal faster. One study. La- laughter, in those studies, they, um, lowers your pulse, lowers your blood pressure, improves your immune functioning. In fact, one doctor said it's like inner jogging. When you laugh. Do you know the peak age of laughter is four years old? A four-year-old laughs 400 times a day. An adult laughs 15 times a day. So here's what I recommend. I recommend you follow a four-year-old around all day long one day. And every time they laugh, you laugh. They'll do you some good. Here's another one we all need to do in 2023 probably is get plenty of sleep. Do you know that sleep is an act of trust? You know, every time I go to sleep, I am reminded that while I'm asleep, God can run the whole universe without my help. It's an act of trust, God. You got it. I'm sleeping. It's an act of trust. They did a study at the University of Chicago on sleep and found out that those who are deprived of sleep or they call it sleep debt, can develop serious health problems, including obesity, diabetes, and high blood pressure. In fact, they went on in the study and found out that sleep debt could cause the body to not process carbohydrates well or manage stress or balance hormones or even fight off infections very well without the proper amount of sleep. In fact, they, they determined in the study that sleep debt was as bad for you as smoking. And one study showed that sleep deprivation caused striking alterations in metabolic and endocrine function and mimicked some of the hallmarks of aging just by not getting enough sleep. Also, that it affected people's ability to process glucose. Some people that began to sleep normally stopped needing to take their medicine for diabetes. I mean, you, 
getting enough sleep is serious business. The average person, according to this study, study in this University of Chicago, the average person needs eight to nine hours of sleep a night. In the early 1900s, the average person got nine and a half hours of sleep every night. Today, it's seven. And some of you are thinking, yeah, but if I sleep less, I get more done. No, you don't. Because this study also found out that, that those who slept less didn't get more done. It just took them longer to do it. So make sure you get enough sleep in 2023. The big thing, on, on if we're going to love more, we've got to be able to focus on the person right in front of us. Focus on the person in front of you and love them. But I can't focus on them if I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I'm too distracted. So I need to overcome overload so I can focus focus on the person in front of me and love them. I've been by the bedside of many people over the years dying. I've had conversations with people just minutes before they died, hours before they died, days before they died. And I'll tell you what, I've never had one person during that time say to me, I wish I made more money. I wish I got that promotion. Every one of us focuses on one thing, and that is what matters to them most when they're dying is who they love and who loves them. That's what matters most. So don't minimize love. Make sure that we're walking in the love of God. Love those, other, love others, and let others love you. Okay, so the presence of God. I want the presence of God in my life. So much is riding on it. That I, that I walk in the presence of God. So I got to seek him with all my heart. I got to draw near to God. He'll draw near to me. I got to schedule time to do it. I need the power of God in my life. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. I'm praying in things into history. I am a history maker in my prayer life. So I got to own it. Schedule times to pray. Thirdly, the love of God. I want to love more than I do, but I'm overloaded. What do I do? I got to overcome overload. So I can take the time to focus on the person in front of me and love them. Fourth one and last one is the pleasure of God. The pleasure of God. There was a great movie some years ago entitled Chariots of Fire. Eric Little or Lytle, Olympic runner, missionary to China. In the movie, he's the star. He said to his sister, this is based on a true story. He said to his sister, who was going to the mission field in China, and he was going too, but she started to think that he's because he was an Olympic runner, that his priorities were all messed up. He needs to be a missionary, and, and she's worried about his priorities. And here's what he said to her. He said, and I quote, God made me for a purpose, China. In other words, don't, don't, don't worry, I'm going to China. I am a missionary. God made me for a purpose, China. But then he said this, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. See, God made each one of us unique. There are certain things that when we do them, we feel God's pleasure. See, God has God determined when you'd be born and where you'd be born and what color your skin would be and what country you would live in and what family you'd be in and what spiritual gifts you would have and what heart passions you'd have and abilities and personality type and life experiences. And God did all that shaping you. And when I discover my shape, and, and live in that shape of how God designed me and called me, I feel his pleasure. I feel his pleasure. So we talk about shape a lot. S stands for the acrostic shape. S stands for spiritual gifts. You have at least one if you're in Christ. H, your heart passions. 
What is it that you're passionate about? A, your abilities. Why do you have the abilities you have? P, your personality type. E, your life experience, your experiences, your life experiences. God has shaped you. You can go online at gracearlington.com. You can take the shape survey. One of our pastors will meet with you, help you find out what it is that God has made you to do, called you, designed you, shaped you to do. One of my favorite Mark Twain quotes is, he said, the two most important days of your life are one, the day you were born, and two, the day you figured out why. See, there's something that God has shaped you to do, and when you discover what it is and you do it, you'll feel his pleasure. So as we crank into 2023, I think every one of us would say, I want to have a happy new year. I want to have a blessed new year. I want to be blessed, and I want to be a blessing individually, corporately. What do I need to have in my life? These four things. The presence of God. Be a worshiper. Seek him with all your heart. Do it every day. Every day. Number two, the power of God. Own your prayer life. Own it. You're a history maker. You're praying in the things God wants on the earth. Pray them in. Number three, the love of God. You want to love. You got to overcome overload to do it. Look at your schedule. Change it. Slow down. Love the person right in front of you. Make that your motto. Number four, the pleasure of God. God shaped you a certain way. Find out what that is. Live in it and feel his pleasure. So my hope and prayer for all of us is this will be our best year ever, 2023, that we'll be the happiest we've ever been, the most blessed we've ever been, most impacting we've ever been. And those four things are key for us to have in our lives. But in order for that to happen, I got to schedule it. I got to plan it. And I got to do it. So own that and have a happy new year. Let's stand for prayer. Father, we, even after saying all these things and thinking about all these things, <clears throat> Lord, we tell you right away, we need your help. We need your help. We're, <clears throat> we're dependent on you, Lord, for your grace to walk into things we're talking about. So would you give us wisdom now and guide us on how we schedule and what we plan and what we need to take out and choices we need to make. Would you help us? Keep us from stumbling. Keep us from misstepping here. And will you strengthen us, enable us to follow through on decisions a lot of us are making in our minds right now? Would you give us the grace and strength to follow through? And Lord, would you enable us individually and corporately to be blessed and be a greater blessing than we've ever been before in 2023? We pray this in Jesus' name.